You are listening to the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode 221, The Solo Series. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of She Runs the Show. Cassandra Vaughn Worsley with you here. All right. Well, first, before I even dive into the episode, because you know, this is something I really want to talk about. But before I dive into the episode, let me just give you some some great news and some updates and some things that are going on around here at She Runs the Show. So number one, I have a brand new website. <laughs> I've spent some painstaking time putting into this beautifully designed, if I do say so myself, website. So be sure that you go to CassandraVaughn.com and you go look at the new website. I actually have a blog on my website. So there are some great articles on Things like going after your dreams and the power of stillness and why who you marry matters because it does. Um, so be sure to go to CassandraVon.com. Check out the new website. I also have an upcoming new challenge that will be launching with the publication of my latest book, Rebuild Yourself. So there will be a 14-day Rebuild Yourself challenge that will be coming up that you can sign up for. And it's definitely for people who want to redesign their lives essentially by beginning with their mindset. And so they want to figure out who do I want to become and who do I need to become to achieve the changes in my life that I really want. And so that 14 day challenge is super powerful and it will be available soon and rolled out soon. So stay at CassandraVon.com so you can find out about that. And as always, I am getting to producing the audible versions of all of my books that are on Amazon. So be sure to go to OvercomingFearBooks.com, which takes you right to Amazon because you can check out all of my books. You can um, do hard things is now on Audible. Love It Till It Lets You Go is about to be on Audible in about two weeks. And then I think I'm going to record Own It next because those are kind of my three favorite books of all the books that I've written. I love You Can Do Hard Things. Love Own It. Love Love It Till It Lets You Go. I think they're timeless. So I'm slowly but surely putting all of my books on Audible. Nobody tells you how many hours actually goes in to putting things on Audible. So if any entrepreneurs are listening and you want to get your books from ebook and paperback format to Audible, I'm just going to tell you, please set aside 7 to 15 hours per 18,000 to 30,000 word book, much longer if you've got a longer book because yeah, that Audible those Audible requirements are no joke. And you will do many takes on some of your chapters. Just saying. Very frustrating process, even though I'm happy to get everything on Audible. All right. So, and what has been going on in my life? Let me think about it. The summers in Wyoming are beautiful. I just have to say that. Well, the part of Wyoming that I live in. There's other parts of Wyoming that are just butt ugly. Okay. But this side of Wyoming is gorgeous. And the summers are my favorite because I sweat really easily. And, um, you know, when I lived in Utah, it was 100 degrees in the summer or 90 degrees in the summer. And although it's a dry heat, it's not like growing up in Connecticut where it was just, you just drench in the summer with sweat. I love living in a place where the summers are like 75 degrees. It's sort of like California with no beach and not a lot of people. And you've got the lakes and the mountains right nearby. So I love that. And I'm soaking in every bit of summertime here in Wyoming, knowing that 
in the next two months, it will be winter and the gates will close. Anybody who lives in Wyoming knows what I mean by the gates closing and it will be nasty cold and I will be freezing my butt off. So I'm going to enjoy every bit of the summer that I can enjoy because Wyoming has a summer that lasts about, I don't know, two months, maybe. But I like living in the country. So uh, I don't know if I've ever said this on a She Runs a Show episode. Growing up, I loved Little House on the Prairie, the show. If you're too young to know what it is, uh, you need to go to Netflix or wherever and you need to watch a whole bunch of them because they're classic. I loved Little House on the Prairie. And I, and I always thought that one day I would be Laura Ingalls Wilder in terms of being a writer and living in the country. And now I'm both. So it's kind of fantastic that a dream that I never really put a lot of energy into, just in terms of I never, you know, I didn't grow up and go to college and go, oh, I want to be Laura Ingalls Wilder. It was just a childhood fantasy. And it's funny how the things that we really desire that we don't put a ton of it has to go this way energy into, it manifests on its own. And so here I am living in the country, writing my books. Um, and it feels like home because it is home because that is as a child, what I really, really wanted. So, and I'm only four hours from Salt Lake city, so I can drive into Salt Lake and get all of the conveniences, sushi and Sam's and Walmart when weather is permitting, but then I can retreat back to the comfort of the country. So I, I get the best of both worlds and I'm not living in Utah. I wasn't a big fan of Utah. So uh, that's a whole other episode of She Runs the Show. All right, let's dive in. I, I want to talk about this today because, and I'm sure that in previous She Runs the Show episodes, I've sort of covered this, but I really want to hit home on this. And some of you may be listening to me for the first time and you may be saying, uh, why, why on a, a podcast for women entrepreneurs about mindset, why are we talking about love? You know, like a lot of you might be like, why are we, like, can we talk about Facebook ads? Can we talk about Instagram stories? Can we talk about how do I make money in my business? Um, so if you're new to She Runs a Show, let me just say this up front. She Runs a Show has nothing to do with tactics. There are many entrepreneurial podcasts that are all about the tactics. I'm a firm believer that if your mind isn't right, the tactics won't work for you. So She Runs a Show is all about mindset. It's helping women entrepreneurs have both businesses that thrive and relationships that rock. And that boils down to, yes, mindset. So we're all about mindset, which is why you will see a lot of solo episodes from me. Some interviews interspersed across the year, but mostly it's solo episodes because you and I are going to use She Runs the Show as our opportunity to have a get it together talk with ourselves so we get our mind right, so we can get the tactics right. See how that works? Okay. So let me talk about uh, this this episode, I think it's really important to revisit this topic again and again and again. This is not a one and done thing. This is something that you will need to revisit uh, consistently throughout your entire life just to check in and make sure that you are where you need to be with this. And so in today's episode, I'm asking you the question, who is your first love? And let me give you the Pinterest quote since you all know I love Pinterest, like addicted, love Pinterest. Here's the quote that sparked this episode. When I ask you about your first love, I am always secretly hoping that you will say your own name. Now, wouldn't that be beautiful to, above all else, have a heart that was proud of itself? I'm going to read a couple. I'm going to read this a couple more times because I really this is this is such a deep thought 
This is such a deep affirmation of self-love that I want you to hear it and feel it. When I ask you about your first love, I am always secretly hoping that you will say your own name. Now, wouldn't that be beautiful? To above all else, have a heart that was proud of itself. When I ask you about your first love, I am always secretly hoping that you will say your own name. Now, wouldn't that be beautiful to, above all else, have a heart that was proud of itself? That's why I'm asking you the question, who is your first love? Not who was your first love. Who is your first love? And if you don't say you, then I want you to question that. If you don't immediately come up on the list of answers when I ask you who is your first love, I want you to know that that's affecting your business negatively. I want you to know that that is impacting how you make decisions in business, how you think about business, how you think about what you deserve to achieve in terms of revenue and clients and level of success in business. When I say to you, who is your first love? I want you to train your mind to say, I am. I am. And here's the thing I want you to know about this. When At the end of the day, I don't care how much money you're making. I don't care about how many likes or follows you have on different social media platforms. At the end of the day, success is about being sure that you are your first love. Only then will you make your true dreams a priority. Like you can make handling business a priority. You can make the hustle a priority. But until you are actually your first love, you will not listen to your intuition. You will not make your deepest desires, your biggest dreams. You will not make them the priority because your heart isn't even the priority. So success comes down to making sure that you are your first love. Everything boils down from saying, I love myself so much and I'm at the center of my universe to the extent that my dreams come first. My desires matter. They are, they are the priority. So first thing, success is about being sure that you are your first love. Second point, you know, a lot of us are making this, this whole quest for self-love thing neurotic. We're making, like, we're, we're, we're taking this whole self-love mission and we're making it this cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, uh, OCD, kind of a, I gotta, gotta, gotta do this sort of thing. No, no, no. It's not about achieving a perfectionist level of self-love. It is, if you, and listen, I am a recovering perfectionist, always will be, but you cannot approach this concept of self-love from it with a perfectionist mindset. It's not about achieving a perfectionist level of self-love. It's about knowing how worthy you still are, even when you don't, because you won't, because perfect isn't real. Do you, do you get the difference when you're looking at self-love? Like either I have it or I don't either I'm all the way there. or I'm not, uh, you know, when people start to say things like until I really love myself super well, I can't go out and do this and I can't go out and be a relationship with somebody else. And I can't go out and build a business because I don't really love myself. And because I don't really love myself, I'm going to attract all these crazy people. No, 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 no. Do you know how neurotic it is to try to make your quest for self-love and put it in a perfectionist trap? No. This is not about being perfect. Do you know what this is about? 
This is about knowing how worthy you are, even though you're not perfect, even though you're never going to be perfect, even though um, you're, you're going to have days where you don't feel self-love for yourself at all. You're going to have days when your inner critic is raging and you cannot silence the voice. You're going to have days like that. So, so at the end of the day, this who is your first love is not supposed to lead you down the perfectionist spiral of saying, okay, I got to make myself my first love, which means I got to do this. I have to take candlelit baths every night. I have to meditate every single day. I have to make sure I lose 50 pounds. That is not what this is about. This is about knowing how worthy you are, even though you will never be perfect, even though you will never love yourself fully every single day of every single year of your entire life, knowing that you will have days where you certainly don't love yourself and you certainly don't like yourself and still looking yourself in the mirror, even though you're upset and angry with how you've shown up in the world and say to yourself, you are still worthy of the best. You are still worthy, even though you don't like you today. That's what it comes down to. It really is not about achieving a perfectionist level of self-love. It's about knowing how worthy you still are, even when you don't, because you won't, because perfect sucks and it's not real. Point taken. Point number three, you will know how much you do or don't love yourself by how you allow others to treat you and by how you treat yourself. You know, this is a tough one because... Sometimes we really think we love ourselves and then because we're doing, and again, this is the perfectionist trap. We're doing all the right things, right? Like we're working out like crazy. We're, we're spending hours in our business. We're, you know, we're fighting to get into bed by 9 PM so we can wake up by 5 AM or get to bed by 10 so we can wake up by six. We're making ourselves do all of these things in an attempt to demonstrate self-love, but the way that we're doing it in our own lives is really abusive, really abusive. Like when you are, you know, I believe in hustle and grind. So you're never, this is not a podcast where you're going to hear me say, oh, I don't hustle. I, I do something else, right? You're never going to hear me say that. Hustle is, is important to business. And anybody who tells you that hustle is not important to business is lying to you. Because it took me seven hours to record Love It Till It Lets You Go, an audio version. And if I sat down and I said, I'm not going to record this audible with hustle. I'm just going to record it with love. I'm just going to record it with peace. That shit would have never happened. So you're never going to hear me over here at She Runs a Show tell you that hustle and grind is not important. What is important, though, and what people seem to confuse with the concept of hustle and grind, it's not the hustle and grind that becomes the problem for most people. It's the way they treat themselves in the process of doing that. It's the way that they look at hustle and grind. If you see hustle and grind as this um, crack the whip on yourself experience, this kind of like uh, I'm going to beat myself into submission. I'm going to beat myself into doing the things that I know I need to do. Well, yeah, yeah, that's abusive. That's corrosive. Um, you are going to have health issues and, and self-esteem issues and all kinds of issues. If your, your perspective, your perception of hustle and grind is I'm cracking the whip on myself. If your perception of hustle and grind is I'm doing what I love. I get to do this. I get to give all of myself to this. This is my work. I'm building my empire. This is my legacy. It doesn't feel like you're cracking the whip because you're not cracking the whip because you're just actualizing the best that is in you. 
So why am I, why am I using hustle and grind as an example? Because you're going to know how much you do or don't love yourself by what, how you allow others to treat you and by how you treat yourself. So are you cracking the whip on yourself when it comes to business? Are you, are you talking to yourself? Like you don't do enough. You're not enough. You're not where you're supposed to be. Like how are, what is the conversation that you are having in the privacy of your own mind with yourself as an entrepreneur? Are you really sitting on the throne with your crown on or are you beating yourself up worse than anybody could do to you? Oftentimes we beat ourselves up mentally way more than anybody else will ever do. They may have started the trend, but boy, do we build the habit. So I want you to get really clear on how you are talking to yourself, how you are thinking about your life and your business, how you are approaching hustle and grind. But here's the other piece. And I, and I went to this last because how you treat yourself sets the precedent for how others will treat you. You will also know how much you do or don't love yourself by how you allow others to treat you. How do you allow others to treat you? Like, are you, do you allow others to make you a, a second class citizen? Do you allow others to make you their sometime uh, friend, there's sometime uh, go-to coach. There's like, how do you allow other people to treat you? Because I'm going to tell you something really clearly. Um, if you accept shit from others, don't be surprised when you get it. I'm going to say that again. If you accept shit from other people, don't be surprised when you get it. You need to be so good at boundaries. Listen, I'm really good at boundaries. You know why I'm really good at boundaries? Because I've been awful at boundaries before and I have had to have enough pain happen in my life that I finally said to myself, you know what? This boundary violating, boundary bending shit has got to go because it is just too painful and I am just not willing to do this anymore. And that's not to say that I still, that I don't still have boundary violation issues. I do. It's not to say that I don't still have situations where the tendency to people please, the tendency to, to want to do what other people want to do comes in. But let me tell you something that's different now than let's say 15 years ago in my life. Now, when I allow other people and it is allowing, you allow people to violate your boundaries. Now, when I allow other people to violate my boundaries, you know what? I feel it, which means I co-sign on it, which means I'm totally conscious of it, which means I'm choosing it, choosing it, allowing it, however you want to put it. So what am I saying at the end of the day? Just pay attention to how you allow other people to treat you. And I'm going to jump into business for a second, especially when it comes to the time you dedicate to work on your business. How much are you allowing other people encroach upon that time? How much are you allowing other people when you say you're going to record videos to come into your office and mess up your videos? How, how much are you allowing people to make you change your business schedule because they want something in the moment when you'd already set up your schedule earlier in the week? You wouldn't do that at a day job. You couldn't do that at a day job. So why, when you're building a business empire, are you now allowing other people to change a schedule that should be locked in stone because this is your empire. Like if you're working for somebody else and you can't do that, why would you actually do that when you're working for yourself? Makes no damn sense. Okay. Point number four, final point in who is your first love. If you realize that you are not your first love, if you realize that you are not, um, you're not treating yourself the way that you need to treat yourself, then you know what it's time to do. And I, and I actually think just like spring cleaning and, and fall, whatever you do in the fall, like leaves, picking them up. If you live in new England or the East coast or somewhere, 
I think it's really important to have certain points and probably in business every quarter, but you need certain points where you say, okay, I need to do it like a, a self-love check. I need to see like, am I my first love? Am I putting, am I on the priority list? In fact, am I at the top of the priority list? And then you need to make sure that you have periods of time where you focus on cleaning up your mind, body, home, and business as an act of self-love. You know, I'll give you an example. Little tiny, and it's not big things when I'm saying clean, clean it up. Like clean up your mind, clean up your body, clean up your home, clean up your business. I don't mean you need to clean up your body and go on, you know, the master cleanse detox or something. I don't mean you need to like fire your whole team from your business because they don't respect you. I don't mean go extreme on this. When I say clean up your mind, body, home, and business as an act of self-love, I'm going to tell you something. The other day, I decided, and I've been thinking about this for months. Don't ask me why I've been debating this this little decision for months. But I, but I decided that I was going to buy myself a vacuum. Now, I have vacuums, but I've never really consciously bought myself a vacuum. Now, I know you're going to be like, what does buying a vacuum have to do with self-love? I'm going to tell you what. I have never, listen, and I'm 41. Okay, so I've been using vacuums for a long time. In 41 years of life, I have never sat down to research a vacuum, to decide what kind of vacuum I want to buy, to look at the reviews on a vacuum, and to choose a vacuum that makes me feel good about using it. Um, A, I don't like to clean, so that's kind of an issue. But I thought to myself, because I've been reading a lot on self-worth lately, and I thought to myself, part of having a high level of self-worth is your home environment feels the way you want it to feel. It reflects your worthiness. Uh, you take care of it with a sense of worthiness. And my mother is always really great at doing this. My mother, no matter where she lived, I mean, whether it was an apartment when we were growing up or her house in Utah, my mother always treats her home like it's her palace because it is. And so she keeps it clean that way. And she treats it that way. I didn't pick up that cleanliness, you know, like OCD. My mother used to have Listen, in the 80s, my mother used to have plastic over her living room furniture so it would stay perfect. Uh, Cassandra's not like that, okay? But there's something that I did get from my mother in that way. I realize now that part of loving myself is really living in the environment that makes me feel like a queen. And I realized the other day that part of that was um, I want to vacuum more and I want to use a vacuum that makes me feel like a queen when I use it. So this is literally the first time in 41 years of life that I have purchased a vacuum that A, I like, B, I feel is worthy of me, and C, is more money than I've ever spent on a vacuum before. Now, I'm not... I'm not crazy enough to go buy, you know, a $2,000, $3,000 vacuum. Don't even get it twisted. Vacuuming does not mean enough for me to spend that kind of money. I got other things that I would put $2,000 towards. But it was a big shift in worthiness for me to actually say, buy what you want. Like, just, just buy the vacuum that you want. Jeez, you know, it's Amazon. It'll be here in two days. Buy the vacuum that you want. So that's what I did. And that's a small example of, of making sure that you are your first love in both life and business because I've carpeted my office, so I need to vacuum it. Um, but that's just a tiny example that goes such a long way in making you your first love. So what I'm inviting you to do is really set aside time every quarter at least to clean up your mind, body, home, and business 
as an act with the intention of making yourself your first love. Now, cleaning up your body, it could be you make sure you get more sleep. It could be you do take an Epsom salt bath every single night. It could be that you change the way you eat. It doesn't have to be drastic. It really doesn't take much to show yourself and give yourself your own love. But it, the intention behind it has not, has rather than being, I gotta do this because this is what's perfect. This is what's right to do. The intention has gotta be, I'm doing this because I am my first love and because I'm showing myself how much I love myself by the act that I'm doing. That's a totally different vibration of action and level of action. So at the end of the day, what's true about this episode? Let's just go there. When we're, the quote speaks for itself. I got to tell you. When I ask you about your first love, I'm always secretly hoping that you will say your own name. Now, wouldn't that be beautiful to above all else, have a heart that was proud of itself. And that is my hope and my wish for you, that you have a heart that is proud of itself. That when somebody says, who is your first love? Who do you love? Your name is the first thing that comes to mind. And it'll take some training for that to be true. It will take some practice for that to be true. You will have to practice self-love. You don't have to get it perfect. You just have to practice it enough to be consistent. But eventually, the more that you do this, the more that you clean up your body, mind, heart, soul, business, all of it, um, and with an intention of self-love, the more that when somebody says to you, okay, who do you love? Uh, the first word that's going to come out of your mouth is me. I love me just the way I am. And when you get to that place, I mean, you may not always hold it, but you know what? When you get to that place where that is the first thought, that is the first response that comes to mind, you become a totally different version of you. And that is the version of you that is required to get your business to go where you want it to go. If you're not your first love, I would just invite you to, to ask the question, why not? And then I would also invite you to decide that you now are. Because at the end of the day, you are your longest commitment. Let's not get it twisted. You are your longest commitment. So you might as well love yourself. You might as well do that. You don't have to do it perfectly. Um, we're imperfect human beings. But you can choose to have a heart that is proud of itself. And I hope you do that starting today. All right, everybody. I will catch you on the next episode of She Runs the Show. Bye.